What's up, y'all? How you doing? All right. This guy's excited. I like that about him. Uh, yeah, so as they said earlier, my name is Reed Moore, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here um, at our little collection of churches. I get to spend most of my time um, out in Gwinnett County. Shout out to Migos. And so, I know, I know. They claim North Atlanta. They meant Gwinnett County, and it was Burkmar High School, and I remember when we were both in high school. So, Quavo. So, um yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm, I get to spend most of my time hanging out with high school students in Gwinnett County. One of the cool things about working with high school students is that I get the chance to kind of travel around and do stuff like this. I get to go speak. And uh, the other day, um, like now, like uh, when I get to go and speak, though, sorry, I forgot to mention this, that I have two kids. And uh, that's become more and more challenging to go and, like, speak at high schools and stuff when you have two kids because they're, like, you know, little. And then they're, like, sitting in the front row. And then one of them's like, Aah! and you're like, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And so, but now, like, my oldest, she's three, and she's, like, kind of at the age where she can, like, come places and, like, watch me speak, like, speak. Sorry, it was a weird little burp. And um, and so, like, she comes, like, and travels places and, like, gets to, like, see me speak, and we get to, like, do that together. So it's, like, really fun. So the other day I took her uh, to this high school, and I'm there, and I'm speaking, and she's, like, in the front row, like, you know, my little Pentecostal. She's like, hey, amen, Dad, what's up? You know, she's three. She wasn't saying that. She's like, <laughs> But, like, you know. And so it was, it was real cool. And, and afterwards, we're, like, walking the car. I'm like, did you have fun? She's like, yeah, it was so fun. And then she said this thing to me, and it was, like, like one of those moments, like, proud dad moments. She was like, dad, you think one day I could tell people about Jesus like you? And I was like, ah, you know, like, melt inside. I'm like, yeah, she's going to be a preacher. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, like, excited. You know what I'm saying? Like, and she was just like, ah. And, and of course, like, to that, I said to her, I'm like, baby girl, you can do anything. That's what I told her. I said, baby, you can do anything. I'm like, of course you can be a preacher, right? And so I told her that because that's what you're supposed to do as a good dad, right? You tell your kid things like, you can do anything, you know what I mean? Like, and, and so we got home that evening, and, you know, we're, we're hanging out. We're doing the whole bedtime routine, and at the end of our bedtime routine, she's about to go upstairs and go to bed, and she was like, hey, Dad, can I take my iPad with me to bed and maybe have some ice cream? And I was like, no, of course not. And she was like, but you said I could do anything. And I was like, oh, okay. I see you, tiny person. Touche. You know what I mean? And it got me thinking, you guys, about, like, some of the stuff that we say to kids that, like, we mean well, but it's not necessarily true. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like some things like that, like, you can do anything, right? Like, fact is she cannot do anything you know what I mean like she's three she can't drive you know what I mean like she she can't do anything right I started thinking about some other stuff that you say to kids like like that you mean well but it's not necessarily true it's like uh when you grow up you can be whatever you want whatever you want think about that one right you can't be an elephant you know what I mean like you can't be uh, a mutant like Logan. You can't. Um, I remember when I was when I was younger, I used to um, I used to watch this cartoon called Dragon Ball Z, and uh, and I used to try to go Super Saiyan, and no matter how hard I tried, I'm like, and I couldn't do it. Like nothing happened. My hair never went blonde. I just stood there. I looked stupid. And so like you know you can't you can't be whatever you want to be. You can't do anything. I started thinking about some stuff like that, and then, and then there's another one, though, that I was thinking about that we say to kids all the time, and, and, and our intentions are good, we mean well, but it's not necessarily true, and, and it's this saying that sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, yeah, some of you had some good parents, others of you, uh, we'll pray for you after the service, you know what I'm saying, so, 
nah, I'm playing, I'm playing. No, like so, so I know I'm, this, she, she leaned over. She said, this man is a savage. And so I really am. I get to be here like one time. I can say whatever I want. It's crazy. So, so we say that, though, to students like, and to kids all the time. You know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And, and our intentions are good. We mean well, right? We want them to know that, hey, other people's words don't have to define you. They don't determine your self-worth. You know what I'm saying? If they say something about you, like, oh, that, you know, don't let that affect you or get you down. But the reality is, right, as much as we want that to be true, words still hurt, don't they? Like, as much as you want that to be true, like, you want that to be true, you want to be, you know, all right, it just bounces off me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm rubber, you're glue, you know, bing, and the words go off, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so, like, we want that to be true, but the reality is, like, words still hurt. Words still hurt. As a matter of fact, if I were to talk to each and every one of you and we were to have an honest conversation, like, face-to-face, you could all point back and, and, and show me somebody in your life who they said something and, and, and it negatively impacted you. Like, like they said something and, and, and it was hurtful and they said it in the moment and they were angry or they were hurt and they said it to you and you were like, oh. Or, 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 or like, you know, like you overheard that somebody said something about you and they didn't mean for you to hear it. And all of a sudden, like, you, it got back around to you and you're like, oh, my gosh, like I thought we were friends. You know what I'm talking about? But like, or, or you see something um, on social media and you're like, see someone's like full-on Finsta post about you and you're like, oh my gosh. Or like a subtweet and you're like, is that me? That's totally me. Oh my, you know what I mean? Like, and, and it's like, oh my gosh, like you can all point back to some times where somebody said something and then it was like you, you acted like maybe in the moment that it didn't affect you, but then as you like laid down at night, like you couldn't get it out of your head. You know what I'm talking about? Like the other day, I went and picked my daughter up from her class and one of her friends so the three-year-old girl runs up to the door, and she was like, you have a big nose. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't. I don't hit kids or girls. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, but I was like, I like laughed it off. I was like, ah, you know what I mean? And then I got in the car, and I was like looking in the mirror. I was like, oh, my gosh, do I have a big nose? You know what I'm saying? I got home. I was like, I, was, I said to my wife, I was like, baby is my, like, nose, like, disproportional with my face? Like, do I have this, like, Doug Funny thing going on? I'm like, what's happening right now? That's a, that was an old reference for some of you that l- really love cartoons, okay? And so, but I was like, oh, like, it affected me. Like, I was like, I was like going to bed that night going like, is my nose too big? You know what I'm saying? And maybe that's just my own insecurity, but you could all think back to a time where somebody said something intentional or unintentional, and it hurt. It hurt. It, like, stuck with you. Right? You could all, if we were to sit down and talk, you could all tell me about a time where you said something that you wish you could take back because what you said did, like, irreparable damage to, like, a relationship. Like, you could all sit back and, and you could tell me about a time where, like, as you said the words, you wished you could get them back. Like, it was like, you know what I mean? But, like, like you couldn't get it back. And even though you've apologized, like, the damage has been done. And so now you're like, oh, shoot. Like, you could all think about that. And you could all tell me about that. Now, the opposite is also true, right? Like that, that, that because words are powerful, right? Like you could think about positive times. You could think about some positive things that you could all point to me, like somebody in your life who's made a, a positive impact on your life. Like their words literally gave you life. Like their encouragement, their love, their backing, right? Like they, it literally like has helped you to become the person that you are today. And you would point back and you would say, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it weren't for the words of that person. You could all think of somebody like that. You could think about somebody who had the courage to have a lovingly honest conversation with you. 
and that conversation like propelled you into like like where you're at right now. Like maybe somebody pulled you aside and said, hey man, you're never going to be in the NBA, but you're real, real smart, and so you could get an MBA, and so you should probably just go to school. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so like somebody, somebody like had that conversation with you, you know what I mean? And, and, and now you are where you are because somebody was willing to have a gut-level honest conversation with you. You could all think about the positive impact of words. You see, the truth is, you guys, like as much as we don't want words to affect us, the truth is they do. And that's because of this truth right here, that words are powerful. Words are powerful, right? Like, 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 like they matter. They carry weight. For negative or for positive, like words are powerful. And they impact us and they impact our relationships, right? Like words are a really big deal. And, and as I was thinking about this in preparation for this message, I started thinking, like, man, they are a big deal. But I think a lot of times, like, I forget how powerful my words are. Like, I forget the weight that my words carry. And I think that, like, one of the reasons why it's so easy to forget, like, technology has made it really easy to forget how powerful your words are, doesn't it? Like, 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 like technology, you guys, technology's made it easier than ever to say whatever we want to whoever we want whenever we want, doesn't it? And, and, and it also, like, the, the thing that it does is it kind of makes us numb to it because it creates, like, a little bit of distance from you and the person. Because it's way easier to say something to a screen than to a face, isn't it? It's way easier to say something to a screen than to a face. Some of y'all get real bold, like, like, on a screen. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll say some things that you would never say to somebody's face because some of the emotion is removed. And we forget the weight of our words. And we forget the power that our words can carry. And the reason why that's a really big deal, the reason why we're talking about that tonight, you guys, is because when we forget the power of our words, when we forget the weight of our words, we get careless with our words. And when we get careless with our words, people get hurt. When we get careless with our words, people get hurt. We get hurt. Others get hurt. Our relationships take a toll. Like when we get careless with our words, people get hurt. And so here's the deal. Tonight we're in week three of our series in the book of James called Real Talk. And tonight, James is talking about the power of our words, and he paints a pretty vivid picture tonight of the power of our words because he wants us to feel the weight of them. He wants us to know the power of them so that when it comes to our words, we, we use them well. We're not careless with them. And so I want to show you guys what James has to say about our words and the weight that they carry. It'll be up on the screen if you have your own Bible. Kudos, super Christian. And then... Um, I love it. Seriously, I wasn't making fun of you. I love you. And, um, and I'm going to read it out of my Bible because I'm a professional Christian. And so this is what he says in chapter 3, verse 3. He says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Now, James is talking, and he's illustrating for us the power of words, and he uses these word pictures, and he says, hey, you know, like, like there are little things that can have a huge influence, like the bit in a horse's mouth. Like, like this is a little thing, but it has influence over something that's way bigger, right? I don't know if you guys are familiar with horses, if you're a very equestrian type of person. Um, I had to look this up because I was like, what is this? It's this metal piece that goes in their mouth, and it basically just, like, hooks them. And they're like, all right, I'll go, you know? Like, and so that's what happens with these bits and these horses. And he says that this little tiny thing can, like, actually steer the entire animal. Or, or he talks about, like, a ship, and he says, like, hey, the ship is really big, but it's got this, like, little tiny thing, like, that actually, like, directs it where to go. And there's somebody back there that's like, yeah. 
And his point is, hey, you know what, like small things can actually have a big influence. Small things, like things that seem like they might not matter that much can actually have a really, really big influence. And he says, and that, like, like those two comparisons are just a picture uh, for us of your tongue, right? And now, how many of y'all know he's not talking about, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not talking about, like, your tongue, tongue. It's, it's, a, it's an example of your, of your words. He says, look, look, your words may not seem like a really big deal, but they matter, and they can have a huge influence. As a matter of fact, they can, like, begin to direct your life and your relationships. They can steer you where to go. But the good news is he talks about here, he says, you know, the bit and the horse can steer it. He says the, the what's this thing, the rudder? Sorry, I apologize, I prepared. Uh, and so he says the rudder, it can steer. He says, but both of those are controlled by a person, right? And so ultimately what he's wanting you to know is, hey, you know what, like your words are a really big deal. They're a small thing that can have a big influence, but ultimately you're responsible for them. Ultimately you're responsible for them. And, and that's going to determine the direction. It, it's almost like if I could boil it down, James is saying, hey, you can control your tongue or your tongue's going to control you. But it's your responsibility. You've got that opportunity. You can control your tongue or your tongue's going to control you. You can control the words that come out of your mouth or you're going to allow those words to just fly out carelessly and it's going to ultimately control the direction you go. And so he says, hey, like, like, like you need to pay attention. Your words, they might seem like a small thing, but they're actually really powerful. And they're going to dictate the direction you're going to move in your relationships and in your life. And it's your responsibility to begin to take control of those words. But he doesn't stop there. He's like, no, 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 look, here's why. Because there's a lot at stake. And so he shows us what's at stake if we don't take control of our words. He says, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body, it corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Whoa. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea being tamed are, are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. So he paints this, like, he uses this, like, really strong language. You're like, easy, bro. Like, that is, like, so serious, right? It sounds, like, so heavy. Uh, but the reason why he's painting such, like, a vivid, strong picture is he wants you to feel the weight. He wants you to feel the weight of your words. He wants you to really, like, oh, like, feel it. Like, and so he paints this, like, crazy picture. <laughs> Sorry, I'm spitting a little bit, too. It's holy. If you get hit by it, just peace be with you and also with you. And so he paints this, like, really vivid picture uh, of, of, of it because he wants you to feel the weight of your words. And so he, he says, you know what, like, like your words, while even though they're a small thing, they can have a big impact. He says it's like a spark. If you're not careful, if you're careless with your words, it's like a spark that can cause like a forest fire. He says the same thing can happen with your words. If you're careless with your words, this little small thing that you didn't think mattered that much can actually like wreak havoc in your life and your relationships. He says it's a really big deal. It's a really big deal. That's what's at stake if you don't pay attention to it. Now, some of us, we read that, and he begins to say, like, it can't be tamed. And, and maybe you're thinking, like, well, you just said we need to control our words. But he says it can't be tamed. So what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Like, but listen, when he says it can't be tamed, he, he's not saying you shouldn't try to control your words. 
He's just simply saying that when it comes to your words, your words are wild. They're not domestic. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like they're wild. Like, have you ever seen, like, like somebody with, like, a wild animal? You know what I mean? Like, like they're, like, even though it might live in a zoo, you're still kind of, like, cautious because it's a bear. You know what I mean? Like, and so you're like, all right, this is, you know, Kuja the bear. And he's like, whoa, you know, like, and so you're, like, still a little bit on guard. This is what he says. He says, when it comes to your words, you can't ever let your guard down. When it comes to your words, you've always got to be watching and you've always got to be careful with the things that you're saying. He says there's never going to come a day where you can just like kick back and be like, yep, figured that out and I don't have to be careful with my words anymore. He's like, you're always going to have to be mindful of it. You're always going to have to be aware of it. You're always going to have to be paying attention to the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because the moment you let your guard down and you get careless, that's when people get hurt. That's when people get hurt. And so he says, you can't let your guard down. It can't be tamed. It will not be, your words will not be domesticated. He says, because your words are wild. And so he says, we got to pay attention to it all the time. we got to pay attention to our words all the time. Because ultimately, right, these words, and this is, what he, this is what I would boil it down to, ultimately your words have the power to influence the health of your relationships and the direction of your life. So he says, you got to pay attention to them. That's what's at stake. The health of your relationship and the direction of your life is ultimately what's affected by our words and whether or not we're going to be careful or careless with our words. And so he paints that crazy picture where he, where he talks about it being like a wildfire, like the fires of hell. He's like, man, he's like so extreme with his words because he wants you to feel the weight because he wants you to know if you're not careful, if you're careless with your words, what's at stake is the, is the health of your relationship and the direction of your life. Now, I don't have to do any, I think, preaching to convince you that relationships are at stake when it comes to your words, right? I don't have to do much preaching to convince you uh, about the health of your relationships being influenced by, by your words. You've all seen relationships go south because of your words. You've all been around people who were maybe arrogant with their words. You've all been around people uh, who, who were gossips and you didn't trust them. You've seen the, the negative effect that, that your words can have on relationships. And ultimately, though, he also says it's not just your relationships that are at stake, but it's actually like the quality and direction of your life. It's the quality and the direction of your life that's at stake here as well. And there's a guy that's way, way smarter than me and way, way older than me, and I want you to see what he says about, like, actually our words and the effect that it has on their life. He says, be hateful with your tongue, and you'll be hateful with other aspects of your behavior. If you don't discipline and purify your speech, you will not discipline or purify the rest of your life. And he's saying here, like, look, like if you're not careful with your words, like, it's not just going to affect your relationships. It's actually going to, it'll impact the way that you live. Like, fellas, how many of y'all know if you talk degrading about women all the time and you listen to music that just degrades women, and, and the way that you refer to women on a regular basis is as, like, bitches and hoes, like, when you do that, then you begin to treat them as such. It affects your behavior. Yeah, you can clap for that. But now, ladies, when you participate and you listen to the same thing, then you're giving them permission to talk about you as such. So I'm just saying, like, all that to be said, right, like, we can, we've all seen this, right? Like, your, your words and the way that you talk about people Right? If you talk about people from a different culture or a different race or a different ethnicity or a different background than you and you talk about them some type of way when they're not in the room, then chances are you will treat them some type of way when you're around them. And he says, look, look your words, they matter. 
They have power. They're going to they're gonna affect your relationships, and they're also going to impact the type of person you actually become. If you're constantly negative with your words, chances are you'll be negative with your attitude, and you'll be a negative person to be around. If you're constantly positive with your words and encouraging, then you'll be a positive and encouraging person to be around. He says, look, this is a really big deal. I know it seems like a small thing, but I want you to feel the weight of this. Your words matter, and they carry weight, and they're going to impact your relationships, and they're going to impact the quality and the direction of your life. The person that you are is directly impacted by the words that you use. So he says, pay attention to it. Don't lose sight of it. Now, he doesn't even stop there. He continues going, and he adds this next layer to it. And he basically says, hey, look, like, if you're a Christian, if you would call yourself a Christian, then there's even more at stake than just your relationships with other people and the quality and the direction of your life. He says there's even more at stake. He says ultimately, like, what, the way that you use your words will impact your relationship with God and also the way other people view God. And so I want to show you what, what he says. He keeps going. He says this. He says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same thing? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. He's, he's going in right here, like, on the Christians, and he's saying, hey, look, if you come here, and you're like, holy, holy Lord, holy. But then you go out of here, and you talk negatively about people, or, or, or you're rude to people, or you put people down, or, or you're using, like, you know, like, you're participating in nasty jokes that demean people. He says, look, if, if you do that, if you do those things, like, like if, you're, if you're praising God here, but you're hurtful to people out there, then you're a hypocrite. He says, if you come here and you praise God, but then you leave and you hurt people, he says, then you're a hypocrite. You're fake. You're fake, right? He says, in those moments, it's like God's going like, I got fake people showing fake love to me straight up to my face. You know what I'm saying? Like, he says, that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. That's what's happening. When you come here and you praise God, but then you leave and you hurt people, he says, you're a hypocrite. He says, you're a hypocrite. And you guys, hypocrisy always hurts relationships. You know that. And it's not that God's going to love you any less, but it's that God wants a real relationship with you. And it's hard to have a real relationship when one person in the relationship is being fake. And so God wants a real relationship with you. And so he's like, like, don't be fake with your words. Don't come here and sing about me and then go out there and be mean to people. Let the words that you sing in here affect the life that you live out there. That's what I want for you. And it's not just your relationship with God that's at stake with that, you guys. It's also the way other people see God. Because if people know you come to the living room on Monday, but then you're talking some type of way out there, then guess what happens? They start to go, like, I don't, I don't, like, how can I believe in that kind of a God? Like, like, like you guys, one of my biggest stumbling blocks as a high schooler and as a young college student uh, for me in, in getting on board with the whole Jesus thing was that the Christians that I knew did the same things that I did. And acted the same way that I did. And so I, it made it very hard for me to believe that there was a real God out there that was changing people's lives. When the only Christians I knew looked just like me and were at the same place and talked the exact same way that I did. And so James says, look, look, there's even more at stake. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's even more at stake when it comes to your words. Yes, it will impact your relationships. 
It's going to impact your relationships the way you use your words. It's going to impact the quality and the type of person that you are. It's going to impact that. It's also, though, going to impact your relationship with God and the way other people see God. If you're a Christian in the room, we have to pay attention to our words. We have to pay attention to our words. We got to. Too much at stake. And I was reading that, and I was studying this passage, you guys, a, a few weeks ago uh, when I was preparing to come down here. And when I was reading it, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, like, I don't think I give enough weight to my words. I think for the most part, like, I tend to be a bit careless with my words. And when I read this passage in James, it, like, got me shook. Like, I was like, wait a minute, hold up. Like, I need to pay attention to my words. I need to be more careful and less careless with my words because there's too much at stake for me to not respect the words that are coming out of my mouth. And so knowing that, right, I started to think, man, how, how can I show respect with, to, to the power of my words? Because we gotta, we got to show respect to the power of our words. So how can I begin to show respect and to be more careful and intentional and less careless when it comes to my words? How, how do I do that? So I started to think about, well, when, when am I the most careless with my words? Like, when am I the most careless with my words? If we're going to be more careful with our words, and we're going to be more intentional with our words, then we've got to pay attention to the times where we're the most careless with our words. And so I started to ask myself that question, and I think you should probably ask yourself that question too, and you don't have to answer it right now because that would be rude because I'm talking, I don't want you to talk. And so, like, but... But I think that that's a good question for us to start asking ourselves. If we want to be more careful with our words, then we need to ask ourselves, when are the times that we tend to be the most careless? When are the times we tend to be the most careless? Like, is, like for you, is it, is it when you're angry? Like, like is, it, is it when you're in conflict? Is it when you've been hurt? Is it when you're, like, debating or, like, arguing with someone and you're just trying to prove your point? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, you're just like, oh, I'm about to get this person. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's like, uh, like, like, no hold bar. You're ready. Right? Is, is, is it when you're just trying to get a, a laugh? Like, I'll be honest. That's when, I, that's when I can tend to be the most careless, I think. Like, sometimes when I'm just trying to get a laugh, and I'll let my guard down, and I'll be a little bit more careless for the sake of getting somebody to laugh. And I'll say things that I, that I later regret or that I have to apologize for. And somebody else was the brunt of my joke. And I'm like, man, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's me being careless and other people are getting hurt. Like, when is it that you tend to be the most careless with your words? We got to pay attention to those things. We got to know it ahead of time so that we can put our guard up when it happens. So that we can guard against being careless with our words. And so how do we put our guard up, though? Like, once we've identified, we know when it is that we tend to be the most careless. How do we put our guard up? Well, James actually gives us one last little hint. He says, because words are such a big deal, I want to show you how to guard against being careless with them. And so this is what he says. This is back in, actually, James chapter 1. Go, go, Gadget. Scripture. I know. I don't, I don't, I never turn it off. I'm sorry. He says, my dear brothers, take note of this. And sisters, sorry, I apologize. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. James says, hey, we should pay attention to our words because they're powerful. We should be more intentional, more careful, less careless. And here's how to do it. And he gives us three little tips in this passage right here. The first thing he says is everyone should be quick to listen. Everyone should be quick to listen. Now, this does not come natural to us, y'all, like being quick to listen. Most of the time when it comes to listening, we're not listening, we're waiting to respond, aren't we? Most of the time, we're like waiting. We're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be quiet because I'm, 
I'm going to hit you back so hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the whole time they're talking, it's just like, wah, 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 and you're like, I've got you right where I want you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so like most of the time, we're not actually even listening. The whole time they're talking, we're just waiting to respond. But James says, no, 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 look, that's not what I mean by quick to listen. When I say quick to listen, I mean actually like listening and seeking to understand. If I could, if I could put it anyway, like this is what it means to be quick. To li- being quick to listen is seeking to understand, not waiting to respond. You want to use your words better? You want to be more careful? You want to be more intentional with your words and give them the weight and the respect that they deserve? He says, be quick to listen, which is seeking to understand, not simply waiting to respond or to make your point. You guys, when that happens, that's where growth is. When you'll, when you'll seek understanding from another person, that's where, like, compassion comes in. That's where empathy begins to happen. That's where, like, an understanding of, like, someone else's situation happens. I, I was thinking about this in my own life, and this happened recently. And I'll be quick with these last couple things, and then we'll get out of here. But, but the other, like, this past year, if you guys haven't known, like, racial tension has been crazy in the United States, yeah? And I was watching the news one night. And it was during the Baltimore riots. And there was fire and there was anger and there was, like, stuff being said and people picking sides and people were going off on Twitter and I'm watching it. And as a young white man, let me just go ahead and tell you guys, as a young white man, I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand it. And I found myself standing there in front of the TV. And I was angry, but I didn't even know why. And I found myself, like, making arguments in my head going, like, why are they doing this? Why are people doing this? And I remember I picked up the phone because I was so frustrated that I couldn't understand and that I couldn't even relate and that I was frustrated that I was getting frustrated and that everything in me was, like, wanting to, like, pop off and, like, say things. I picked up the phone and I called my friend Gerald. And Gerald is one of my best friends. He also happens to be a young black man. And I picked up the phone and I called Gerald and I said, Gerald, help me understand. And then I just listened. And I didn't try to respond I didn't try to argue. I didn't try to say, I just let him talk. And y'all, he just talked and he vented and he began to share his hurt and his anger and he began to share things that y'all as a young white man, I'll never understand. I'll never understand it. But in that moment, my anger and my frustration was replaced with empathy and compassion and love. And in that moment, after two hours of talking to him, I felt like I had an understanding. And all that stuff that I was saying to myself in my head, it kind of went out the window. And, And in that moment, you guys, I grew as a person when I was quick to listen. Not quick to say what I wanted to say or to make my point or just waiting to respond to him. But when I was quick to listen, I grew as a person. And our relationship, Gerald and I are tighter now than we ever were. That's like my dude. And, and, and it's because we've, we've taken the time to hear one another out and put ourselves in each other's shoes. That's, that's, what's, that's what happens when we're quick to listen. And James says, hey, you want to you wanna be careful with your words? You want to be intentional with your words? You want to not pop off at the mouth and say things that are going to hurt people? He says, then why don't you just shut up and be quick to listen? This is the next thing. Next thing. He says, be slow to speak. And now when he says be slow to speak, right, he's not saying like, you know what I'm saying? That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking, he's not saying talk whale. You know what I mean? When he says be slow to speak, he's saying that you should put an intentional gap in, in between listening and responding. That's what he means. 
When he says you should be slow to speak, he's saying that you should create an intentional gap between listening and responding. You should have an intentional gap in there where you stop and you think about the next words that are going to come out of your mouth. Where you stop and you take inventory of your own heart and you go, am I still really, really hurt? Like, am I still too hurt that I don't need to respond right now because I'm about to say something that I'm going to regret? Am I still too angry to respond right now? Am I still too frustrated? Like, like, like is that happening? Maybe even during that moment, that, you, that, that little intentional space, you even take time to pray and ask God, God, what do you want me to say? What should I say in this moment? He says, you just got to create some space. That's what it means to be slow to speak. And, and if you'll be slow to speak and you'll create that gap between listening and responding, you, you can actually like create a helpful response versus a hurtful response. You see what I'm saying? Like when, when, when we respond immediately and we just react, that's when we tend to get careless and, and, and we'll say something that we don't mean. But when we'll create that gap, whew, we can begin to think about it a little bit. We can process and we can say something that's actually, actually helpful instead of hurtful. That's what it means to be slow to speak. Being slow to speak is choosing to be helpful with our words instead of hurtful. Creating that gap is choosing to be helpful with our words instead of hurtful. And a lot of times you can grow relationships instead of destroying them if you'll create that. So James says, hey, be quick to listen, be slow to speak. And then he closes with this last thought where he says, be slow to become angry. Be slow to become angry. Now listen, I don't, I don't feel like I even have to talk about this point that long because I think if you'll be quick to listen and slow to speak, you'll be slower to become angry. If you'll seek understanding with the other person and you'll create a little bit of space in the way that you respond, I think that you'll be slower to become angry. And that'll be really, really constructive rather than destructive when it comes to your relationships. If you'll create that space and you'll listen more than you talk, then you'll be slower to become angry. And you guys, so being slow to become angry simply means us choosing constructive behavior over destructive behavior. That's what it means to be slow to become angry. We're going to choose constructive behavior over destructive behavior. So, in closing, I just want you guys to hear this. Like your words, you might not think they're a big deal, but they carry weight. Your words carry weight. In somebody's life, your words carry a whole lot of weight. They're powerful. They can impact the health of your relationships. They can impact the type of person that you become. They can impact your relationship with God and the way other people see God. And so we should give them the respect that they deserve. We should be intentional and more careful with our words and not careless. Because when we're careless with our words, others get hurt. Amen? Imagine if we were people that were that intentional and careful with our words. Imagine if we were people that chose to use our words to build others up instead of break others down. Imagine if we were people that chose to use our words to speak life and encouragement and positivity. Imagine if we used our words to build bridges to people instead of building walls between us. You guys, imagine a group of people that decided that they were going to be more intentional and give their words the respect they deserve. You guys, that's a group of people that can change the world. That's a group of people that can change the world and that can have healthy relationships and that can become better than they ever thought that they could be and can give the world a better future than what was given to us. So let's be intentional. Let's be careful and not careless with our words. Let's take James's advice and let's apply this in our lives. Let me pray for us. Well, Jesus, thank you so much. Um, thank you that you care about our words so much that you've given us this text that we can look at tonight. 
And Jesus, I pray that you would help us to feel the weight of our words. I pray that we wouldn't be numb or detached to the weight of our words. I pray that you would help us to feel it and that we would be aware that our words carry weight. And I pray for each and every student in this room, each leader in this room. I pray that that we would give our words the credit that they deserve, that they would give them the weight that they deserve, the respect that they deserve. And God, I pray that we would be people that are intentional and careful with the words that we use, that we would be positive people that speak life into people and build bridges to one another. Jesus, would you help us to use our words well? And, and we just pray this in your name. Amen.